In the next few days, you and I will be celebrating Thanksgiving. Uh, we always think of what happened uh, many years ago with the Mayflower uh, landed in the Northeast. But at the same time, uh, not, all, not all of us are Europeans. Some of us from Asia. And again, we're thankful also that we are here. And by God's grace, you now we have seen him working in our lives. And we have seen him also working through us. And uh, I hope that the time we spend together this morning will help us to even appreciate more our relationship with our God. Because when I think uh, in the last uh, few days, the thing that came to my mind was how great is God. We think of who he is apart from us. We cannot deny who he is. But at the same time, you and I will find that without him, we don't have any meaning in life. And that's why, uh, looking back and even thinking about my life, I always think about Psalm 23. Now as a child, I memorized most of the verses. But as I grew up, I find the very meaning of those verses very real. Real because I have seen God working in my life, and I have seen God working now the people's lives. That all of us can say together that the Lord is my shepherd. First verse says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, when I was a kid, I couldn't understand it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Of course, my English vocabulary then was very limited. When I think of want, I was thinking of desire. But as I grew up, I found out that, yeah, this very verse is very true. The Lord is my shepherd, and I'm not lacking anything. Looking back, the Lord, first thing that came to my mind, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And I look at it, it's basically talking about Jehovah, or Yahweh, the one and only true God. So Jehovah, Yahweh, is my shepherd. The one and only true God is my shepherd. What more can I ask for? If anyone can be my shepherd and will always not only give me nourishment, 
refreshes me or even protects me. No one is qualified more than the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, the one and only true God. With that verse alone, I can see myself very secure, very assured that he is my shepherd. Of course, this uh, psalm was written by David, who himself was a shepherd. But this psalm, in many ways, as I see it, was on the perspective of the ship. David was a shepherd. Now he looks himself as a ship. And looking at Jehovah, his shepherd. And he said, that I shall not want. I do not lack anything uh, with him. When I think about the Lord or our God, the person that comes to my mind is that He knows me. Nothing is hidden from me. And I can, we can go back to Psalm 139. We'll be reading lots of verses uh, this morning because I would prefer that the Word of God will explain to us who He is and what He's doing in your life and my life. Psalm 139 from verse 13 to 18. This is what the Word of God says. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Even when you and I, in a way, still in the minds of our mom and dad, no God was already involved. And even when you and I are being developed in our mother's womb, God knows about it. No, so you and I are born not randomly, but you and I are born for a purpose, and God knows it. Not only that he knows you and me, he also knows about our whereabouts. What are we doing? Where are we? And again, let me go, go back to the verses uh, before that, in Psalm 139, and let, please let me read all these verses because they are just too overwhelming and very true, the, knowing who God is. In verse 1 it says, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. 
You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted in all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hands upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shawl, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me by night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Wow. So you and I are not something that is just a dot of his creation. God has created us in his own image. And there's a purpose that you and I will glorify him. As we've studied in the book of Ephesians, it was in his mind that you and I will glorify him. He created you and me, and he owned everything that he had created. That's why I have no luck. We have no luck on anything. He is sufficiently providing all our needs. Now, many times we ask, Lord, why I don't have this one? Why does she have one I don't have? Now, many times we try to compare ourselves with other people. And many ways that can be a very childish way of looking at things. But when you, we go to the Word of God, we find out that God is always looking for what is good for us. In fact, in Psalm 50, verse 10 to 12, this is what he said. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle and a thousand hills. I know the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. So the Lord can provide us anything we need. That's why first verse is good enough for me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But then he said, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And David knew exactly what he was talking about here. In Palestine, not all around you is green. 
There are lots of districts. So as a shepherd, you have to find the green pasture, and you have to find we have more water that the sheep can drink. They say that he makes me lie down in green pastures. If there's one thing that I know is that God is nourishing us. God is refreshing us. Not only that, that God is also giving us some kind of a repose or rest. No, I'm not sure. We, know. we don't have many ships in the Philippines, but there are a few. I heard that in New Zealand there are more ships than people. But with the shepherd, they know exactly what the ship needs. And they are always looking for something that the ship can be nourished well and that the ship will be refreshed and also find rest. And this is what God, Jehovah, is doing us. He's nourishing us and refreshing us and giving us rest. And not only that, the Word of God says that He is able to restore and revive our soul. If you were a ship uh, in Palestine and you have the shepherd, you have to walk a long way. And then the shepherd will say, oh, this is the place where you can have nourishment and you have water to drink. And we can, when, we, when the, the shepherd finds the place, you, know, you and I as a ship will be able to get our food, not only food, but also restoration. And I'm not sure if uh, in your own life you have observed or experienced this. That has revived your soul. No, I, I like what David says because he said that he restores my soul. He's not talking about the body here. He's talking about the inner man. Now you and I go through with different challenges in life. And you and I sometimes think that we are far from God. And there are times that you think that where is God when I need him? But David said that the shepherd is able to restore and revive our soul. Because he's able to find a place for us, the nourishment and the refreshment. Now, in our small group on Tuesdays, we studied the book of Job. And Job, the book of Job is very interesting. Job got everything he needed, the name, children, wealth. And one day, Satan went to the presence of God and said that Job is only faithful to you because you have given him everything. And God said, okay, you can test Job. You can take everything. But that is life. And everything was taken from him. 
And of course the purpose of Satan that Job will curse God when everything was taken away from him. But he did not. His wealth, his children, and even his wife told him, curse God and you can die. The second time Satan went before the presence of God and said, oh, well, no, we have taken everything, but if you're going to do something to his own body, he will curse you. What happened? He's got boils all over. What did Job do? Yeah, Job had questions. And he had three friends. The three friends were just uh, supposed to comfort him. But we find out that the three friends really did not. Because they think that Job was suffering because of his own sin. And many times we think about that. You suffer because of your own sin. But we know that Job, in the eyes of God, he was righteous. And many times, you know, you and I couldn't understand why things happen. And in Job's life, God allowed Satan to test him. And we know what happens in the end. That's why when I think about Psalm, you know, he restores my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Not only that he's able to provide all my needs, but most of all, that he's guiding me and leading me to a life that is righteous, a life that is holy, and a life that is glorifying. And the word of God says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He not only nourishes us and refreshes us and restores us, but he is able also to protect us when we are in the jaw of death. And he also to protect us when you are in danger, especially when the dials of the devil, walls of the devil, is around you. And I like the way uh, the Word of God says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, when we think of death, we always think of death as what? Having a, a staff with, with a, a sith on it, no? And then with a cover and black. And many times we think of its shadow. And you and I, there are times perhaps that you, are, you may think, I might die. There were times in my life that I thought that the Lord will be ending my life. 
There are so many things that's happening. At the same time, I couldn't really understand why things are happening. But this psalm gives me the strength. Because it says that even though I walk through the world of the shadow of death, you are with me. And not only that, you see that when you and I sometimes digress from the righteous path, as a shepherd, he's got the rod to help ward off the ravenous animals, and he's got also the staff that will help us and redirect us and put us back to the right path. No, he disciplines us in love when you and I go away and stay away from the right path. How many times that you have decided on things that you think you can do it by yourself? You think that what you're doing uh, will be okay with God? And then you found out, no, it's not really. And then he reminds you about it. And there are times that sometimes we have to feel the pain because of what we did. But God in, in love reminds us who he is and who we are in him. David, in this chapter, not only look the Lord as a shepherd, but he also is looking at, at the Lord as the host. Or a shepherd who is the host. Because he said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. In the east, when you have a visitor, what they do? At least first, we know that they will be cleaning your feet. From the dust and prepare you for the dinner. But at the same time, David says that he anoint my head with oil. When I thought of anointing, the first thing that came to my mind was remember Samuel looking for David. That before he, in a way, proclaimed that David will be the next king, he anointed him with oil. But anointing with oil may also mean that when you are a, a visitor, a guest, your host will anoint you with oil. That means that he's going to bless you. If I look at uh, the dictionary, I mean, uh, anointing with oil, uh, it says that making you fat. And I couldn't really understand much. Making you fat. 
Because I always think of a new thing as proclaiming or, or the Holy Spirit basically putting his seal on you. But a new thing is basically you are being blessed. You are being favored. That even when you and I are guests of the host, the enemies that are following you cannot do anything to you because you have been protected by the host. And it is by cup overflows. There is an abundance. That when you and I are in the presence of God, you will never lack again for anything. He protects us and blesses us abundantly, even in the presence of our enemies. You are secure, even your enemies are around you. You're secure that when you are in fellowship with him, you are certain that no one can touch you. And in verse 6, he said that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, certainly, assuredly, that God's goodness and his steadfast love will always be following you for the rest of your life. And I love the last one. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for the rest of my life. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Looking back all those verses, the nourishment, the refreshment, the restoration, and the protection, I ask myself, how can this be real in my life? Now David is basically describing about a relationship, a vertical relationship between God and you. And how can you and I maintain the relationship? I can think of two things. First, the Word. God's Word. That's when God is talking to us, helping us to understand and know Him. And not only that, will help us understand what is in the mind of God. So this fellowship, and this is what God wants us 
to have fellowship with him in and out. God enjoys the time that you and I will spend together. That was initially the plan. Man was created in God's image. Why? So that God will have fellowship with man. And of course, sin came to the picture. And you and I have been reconciled through the work of Christ. Who, by the way, if you go to John chapter 10, we can find who he is. And I want us to read it. John chapter 10. First, let's go to chapter 10 from verse 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lead down my life for the ship. I am the good shepherd. David says, God, Jehovah, you one only true God, is my shepherd. And Christ said, I am the good shepherd. And I know my own and my own knows me. And then, if we read on verse 27 of the same chapter to verse 30, the Word of God says, My ship hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And then he said, I and the Father are one. God, Jehovah, is my shepherd. And Christ said, I am the good shepherd. I and the Father are one. So the very promise, call it that way, to David is also true to you and me. And one thing I like, Christ said that I lay down with a ship. And he gave his life for the ship. But at the same time he said that I give them eternal life and no one can snatch them out of my hand. That's assurance. No one can snatch us out. 
And of course, you and I know uh, Romans chapter 8, that no one can take us away from the love of God. Nothing. So again, we need God's word to fellowship with him. And also we need prayer. As you and I will talk with him. Not only, sometimes when you think of prayer, we always think of what do I need? What can I ask for God? I know that many children always think that way with their dad or their mom. But when you think about fellowship, no, you desire to spend time with them because you love them. It's not just that God is able to give all your needs, but most of all, there's that fellowship that you and I need and needed to develop. This is one thing that uh, I want us to read. Let's go to Psalm 42. Psalm chapter 42, 1 and 2. The word of God says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? With this desire or somebody who is longing for a fellowship with God. And you and I should have that desire, like a deer panting for flowing streams. Then if you go to Psalm 84, verses 1 to 4, and jump to verse 10, this is what the Word of God says, How lovely It's your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for him herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. And then in verse 10, for a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. And I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of doom, of wickedness. Friends, when was the last time you have enjoyed that fellowship with him? How often do you think we need to fellowship with him? Once a week?
He said, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I like that desire. I like that attitude. And then let's go to Psalm 27, 4. And this is what the psalmist said, David said. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That's fellowship. Desiring to always have time with the Lord and knowing him. And establish that intimate relationship. In Mark one thirty five, it says here about the Lord Jesus Christ. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Now, if you look and read the gospel, you can find that Jesus Christ is doing this every day. Finding a quiet place and fellowship with the Father. Even if you go to the book of Luke, you can even find more verses that tells us that Jesus Christ spent time with the Father. How much more for you and me? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me for the rest of my life. If there's anything that you and I need is to establish that fellowship on a daily basis. In college, that's when I really uh, learned to look at my Christian life seriously. I thought that after high school, my mom and dad uh, asked me, why won't you go to the Bible school for one year and take a Christian leadership course? To prepare you to go to college. And I did. And almost uh, all of us. uh, My brothers went to Bible school for at least one year. For that very purpose. But when I was in college. I find myself not having any Christian friends. I joined one uh, Christian group. And we went every week. But I never really grew up. Because we, you know, we 
talk about verses, and we, many times we end up debating. Then one day, a friend of mine, when I was eating in the cafeteria, he saw me pray. And then he went to my table and he said, I saw you pray. Are you a Christian? And I told him, yes, I am. How do you know that you're a Christian? So I began to tell him my testimony. And then he said, are you willing to study the word of God with me? From the time one, and the next few years, he and I spent time every week studying the word of God. Then I found out that my relationship with God had to be developed on a daily basis. And that's when he told me, Joel, have you ever spent time every morning just reading and meditating the Word of God? And I told him, no, not really. Then he showed to me the Word of God and challenged me to do it. It was then called quiet time. And since that time, I learned how to spend time with God every morning and that helped me a lot that helped me grow and not only that it challenged me to memorize God's word and what he did was he asked me one day Joel can you I have, I have, my, I have my verses can you kindly check uh, me if I do it right if I did it word for word so I checked him. I said, are you interested to memorize God's word? I said, yes. From his example, I memorized God's word. At that time then, I memorized two verses every week. And I like what he shared to me. Because every now those verses are still fresh. And I can quote them. Now I hope. Now there's one thing yeah, that uh, I learned. Uh, there was a, an elderly Christian lady uh, here in Louisville. Uh, before she passed away. And uh, one of uh, her nieces. He was he already started forgetting things. But this uh, showed to us that, you know, there's one thing that I have noted from her. She's able to quote the verses just right. At the age where he was, she was already forgetting things. Wow. And I told to myself, you know what? I hope I can do the same thing. I have memorized God's word. I hope that this very word that God put into my heart will always even come out right, if ever. That will happen to me. Fellowship. That's what the Lord is looking for us. The Lord is my shepherd. Now I hope that you and I We'll start spending time with him anywhere, everywhere. And you will 
find out how the Lord will bless the time. And if there's anything that I can be thankful about, it's because the Lord is my shepherd. And he will always be my shepherd. And I know that you and you can also claim that one. The Lord is our shepherd. Let's pray. Father, you are our shepherd. And nothing is lacking in us because you are our shepherd. Lord, we see you nourishing us, refreshing us, restoring us, and protecting us. Even dying for us. And we thank you, Lord, that you promise that no one can snatch us out and nothing can snatch us out from your love. Lord, it's our prayer that may we continue to enjoy our time together with you. And Lord, if any one of us have not started it, I do pray that they may start and allowing you to shoot to them your mind and allowing us to be absorbed that we may have the mind of Christ also and that your word will dwell us very richly that whatever we think will always be coming from your very word that whatever we do will just be the manifestation of the reality of your word in our lives. Let us pray that through us Christ will be manifested. Your word says, He who has my words and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will manifest myself to him. And Lord, this is our prayer. This is our prayer in Jesus' name.